Welcome. I'm Kevin Scott, one of the story architects of Star Wars The High Republic. This is Dominic Pace, who plays Gekko the Bounty Hunter from The Mandalorian. Hi, I'm Claudia Gray. I write Star Wars books. And you're listening. And you are listening to Star Wars Comics in Canon. The Force is strong with this one. Hello there and welcome to Star Wars Comics in Canon, your guide to the wider Star Wars canon through the comic book lens. And to take you on this journey, I'm your host, Mike Burton. And so brings episode 26. And with this one, I'm doing something a little bit different, which is quite interesting because obviously last week was the Q&A, which is very different. And I've got a a book review planned in two weeks, so that's going to be a little bit different again. So it's the month of different podcasts. Um, But in this one, I'm embarking on one of the Age of Republic comics. And this one is about Count Dooku in particular. And what I realised is last week when I got a lot of questions for the Q&A, quite a lot of them were Dooku-centric. So I thought instead of trying to kind of squidge in like an answer to a question or a few questions in bits and pieces um, I will just do a whole episode on Count Dooku and I've gone through a lot of, I've done a lot of research on the internet and read the Master and Apprentice book um, which I love and all my other sort of Dooku knowledge and things mixed with things on the internet and I've basically compiled a general timeline of events of Dooku uh, and it links in with the Age of Republic comic um, so for clarity the Age of Republic comic is set slightly before episode to attack of the clones it's not like a specific when but it is just before that and obviously there's a lot to dooku that happened before then like obviously he was trained by yoda he trained qui-gon he's had other apprentices and things so there's quite a lot to go through so what i'm going to do is i'm going to give the information about the comic now just to kind of get that out of the way in a sense uh, i'll give a bit of information about dooku and then i'll generally do a chronological uh, timeline of dooku's life there are thereabouts i'm not going to go into detail about him in episode two or three because hopefully you'll have seen both of them uh, and also the clone war series has dooku in it loads he's like one of the main if not the main protagonist in the clone war series and there's seven series of that and so honestly i'm just not going to touch anything in there there's not anything that happens to dooku in all of those episodes that is like really groundbreaking uh there's like a quite a few cool interactions with like the night sisters and things but aside from that it wouldn't do justice you know so if you want to know that dooku stuff go watch clone wars on disney plus or something uh and then you'll get all that dooku fix but obviously that was only a three-year period of his life and there's a lot of other stuff to go through so let's get into some of the information about the comic so the comic is one of the Age of Republic comics. I'm going to be delving into those over the coming weeks and thing, or over the coming months, really. There's loads of them. Uh, there's Age of Republic, Age of Rebellion, and Age of Resistance, and I'm pretty certain there are nine comics for each era, obviously prequel original and sequel eras and each comic is a one shot just focusing on a single character um, there's four heroes there's four villains for each of the areas and then also for each one there's a special it's called age of whatever special and that normally has three smaller stories within it uh, so for obviously this is age of republic and that's count dooku one and it's called the cost that's the name of it the the official comic title is age of republic count dooku one However, when you turn the cover on the inside, it says the cost. Now, 
This comic came out February 2019. The collection of Age of Republic villains came out May 2019. And the Age of Republic hardcover, which included the heroes, the villains, and the special, came out in February 2020. The writer of the Age of Republic series is Jody Hauser, and then the artist for this specific comic is Luke Ross, and the colorist for this specific comic is Java Tartaglia. Now, before I go any further, I will state that there are going to be some minor spoilers for, obviously, this comic, because I'm basically going to tell you what happens in the comic, but there's no nothing groundbreaking in it. But there are going to be some spoilers of the three main sources of information, bar the movies and sort of general other knowledge, and reference books and things is there's an audio drama which you can also buy the basically a physical copy of the script of which is called dooku jedi lost that only came out i think last year might be the year before that's quite a big chunk of canon content to do with dooku there's the book master and apprentice which focuses on qui-gon and obi-wan quite a lot it's around eight years before the events of phantom menace however within that there are flashback chapters about qui-gon and his training with dooku and i just recently finished that book and it is amazing so that really helps too and then there is another book called dark disciple which is made from you know clone wars series six got cancelled halfway through they didn't get to finish all the episodes and then they released season seven and that's kind of finished but there was a lot of episodes or stories for episodes that didn't get made one of them got made into the darth maul son of dathomir comic which i've covered on the show before and i even spoke about a little bit in the q a last week and another one was the ahsoka book which is quite cool that's a really good one that's by ek johnston i believe that's one of the first star wars books i ever read that's a really cool novel uh, and then the other one or one of the other ones is called dark disciple dark disciple focuses on asage ventress who is a main character in the clone wars or rather a main antagonist in the clone wars she's a quite a cool character and the jedi quinlan voss uh, quinlan voss is He's not in Star Wars that much, but a lot of Star Wars nerds know quite a lot about him. He randomly appears in Phantom Menace in the background, and really what happened is George Lucas used the guy as an extra, liked the way he looked, and decided he's going to use him as a Jedi. Uh, I don't think he's in the two films, uh, Attack of the Clones or Revenge of the Sith, to my knowledge. He does appear in one or two episodes of the Clone Wars. Uh, there's one way he teams up with Obi-Wan, uh, and he has the power of psychometry, which is the same as Cal Kestis has in Fallen Order. It just means he can touch objects or places and often has like a mini force vision about them that that sort of thing he's quite a cool character but he's not in stuff very much but i just want to preface just to say if you're going to listen to the dooku jedi lost audio drama there's going to be bits and pieces i'm using from that i wouldn't say it spoils it because the audio drama is like i think it's about six hours long and obviously this is episode's probably going to be about 30 or 40 minutes so there's going to be way more detail in jedi dooku um, in dooku jedi lost there's a lot more you know flavor text essentially in a lot of things and dark disciple i don't really go into that much detail about dark disciple but if you want to read dark disciple and know nothing at all that happens in it i'd probably say not to go any further um because as i said quinlan voss is in it and there's some stuff to do with him later on that i'm going to talk about master and apprentice is still an amazing book whether or not you know anything about dooku uh the dooku parts in that book are just kind of where they're flashbacks they're really good chapters but they don't affect the main plot of the story so i would probably not class them as spoilers but once again if you want to read master and apprentice and you don't want to know anything about what dooku does in the flashbacks then yeah don't do that but this is basically just an overview which hopefully you guys will listen to this you'll know a lot more about dooku i learned a lot by doing the research for this one uh and also it means that if you do want to read uh dark disciple master and apprentice or listen to dooku jedi lost you can still enjoy those so without further preamble 
Dooku was born in 102 BBY, so that's 102 years before the events of New Hope. Now, obviously everyone knows that in Revenge of the Sith, that's where he dies, he gets killed by Anakin, and that is 19 BBY, and just for clarity, in Revenge of the Sith, when he gets killed, he is 83 years old, um, which is incredible, but obviously everyone knows he's played by Christopher Lee, who is around the same sort of age as well at that time, which is even more amazing too, so, you know, love the late Christopher Lee. Dooku's early life. So he was born in uh, Sereno, S-E-R-E-N-N-O, and it was ruled by Dooku's dad, who's called Gora, and he basically called the Jedi Order after finding out the Dooku was Force-sensitive, and then left Dooku out in the woods for the Jedis to come and collect him, hoping, well, not even really hoping, but just thinking, eh, he's either going to get eaten by animals or the Jedi are going to take him away from me. Uh, there's this whole thing in uh, Dooku Jedi Lost, which goes into deep backstory of Sereno and their history and some of the issues they had. From what I can gather, it's basically Sith kind of ruled it and then the citizens kind of did an uprising and forced them out. Uh, this was probably thousands of years ago now. Uh, and so they all are kind of a bit uneasy around force users so obviously when dooku was force sensitive at a young age they well his dad who's the count didn't want anything to do with it and we'll go back to sereno in a bit so he gets picked up by the jedi and he goes into the jedi order now he becomes friends with a jedi called sifo diaz who is a name that is spoken about in attack of the clones but doesn't really get much backstory in one of the later episodes of the clone wars i think season four five or six uh that goes into more detail about sifo diaz but it's still a little bit kind of iffy he essentially is the one who's attributed to creating the clone army on camino so i'm going to get into that as well at some point in the future so in this episode i want to clarify so he's friends of sifo diaz as a youngling and at some point before they became padawans it seems they went into looks at some dark side artifacts and this is something called the bogan collection uh, and this is first mentioned in the dooku jedi lost audio drama essentially it's within the archives of the jedi temple on coruscant there's a few cool things in there. there's like sith swords and artifacts which and scrolls sith swords are coming up quite a lot in the canon uh, which is cool because i mentioned it in the galaxy's edge comic doc on Dar. there's a whole storyline about him trying to get a sith sword and I'm pretty certain that the Vader Immortal VR experience storyline on the PS4, if I'm right, I think there's a, something about a Sith sword in that as well, which is quite interesting. Um, but essentially, yeah, there's quite a few cool things in there. Um, there's something called the Helmet of Momin. Uh, if any of you listened to my breakdown of the Lando comic, which was a few weeks ago now, written by Charles Saul, the Helmet of Momin is, I believe, it's either mentioned in there or you see it and it kind of has a negative effect on people but also in the charles saul darth vader series which is the second run of vader series which i'll be tackling in a future episode or tackling some of the arcs in a future episode the helmet of momin is quite proficient shall we say uh it's featured a lot in one of the main story arcs it's probably my favorite story arc actually of those uh, comics so if you have read the second vader comics or you have read or listened to me talk about the lando comic and you recognize the sith helmet of momin m-o-m-i-n that's another little reference to it which is one of my favorite things about star wars lots of little references then there's also a lightsaber in this Bogan collection of Darth Krall, K-R-A-L-L. Um, before he called himself Darth Krall or Kral, he called himself Radaki. And that was from the days of the Old Republic. And Radaki slash Darth Kral became one of the Lost Twenty. The Lost Twenty are basically 20 Jedi who left the Order and 
yeah, that's basically it. They just left the order. A lot of them went bad, but we don't know that much about them. Dooku, to my knowledge, is the 20th. Um, and well, obviously, technically, Anakin would be the 21st, but then he, you know, destroyed the whole Jedi order. So I'm not sure if that fully counts. The only other person that we seem to know of who is actually part of the Lost 20 is someone called Trennis. So there's Dooku, Radaki, and Trennis, Radaki becoming Darth Krull. And just for clarity, Trennis is mentioned to be from the High Republic era. And what's interesting about that is that in one of the new uh, High Republic novels coming out, one of the main characters is actually called Keeve Trennis. Now, it hasn't been explicitly confirmed if they are the same person, but it would allude to that being the fact. So... That is potentially an incredibly minor spoiler for the High Republic, if that's the case. So sorry about that. <laughs> but I'm excited as anyone else to read the High Republic next year. So we'll see about that. So yeah, part of the Lost 20. There's a lightsaber from Darth Crawl. And also the only other thing about the Bogan collection worth really mentioning is that there was a person called Clias Terradine and... I believe around the High Republic era, they seem to, they're uh, an apprentice, they're either a Padawan or a youngling, they snuck into the vault, and then they just vanished. And now there's there's rumours that they went bad and no one wanted to talk about it, there's rumours he got expelled from the Jedi Order, his name is kind of only known by people sort of passing it on, but he seems to have been scrubbed from the records, which is quite interesting as well. So that might be another link to the High Republic books coming out, and more content, because I'm going to be tackling the comics as well, uh, that are coming out next year. And just for clarity, the High Republic is set 200 years before uh, Phantom Menace, so that's quite cool. So anyway, back to Cypher Ideas and Dooku. Uh, so yeah, they look at these dark side artifacts and things when they were younglings, so they had that sort of that desire, that, that thirst for knowledge of, of learning the forbidden things. And then Dooku became Yoda's Padawan, and well, yeah, he got trained by Yoda directly, which is pretty cool. And then at around the age of 17, which was 85 BBY, Sifo Diaz had a vision of a solar storm hitting a planet called Proto Branch. And this is quite a big thing in uh, Dooku, Jedi Lost. Essentially, he saw this vision of a lot of people dying. They warned the council, and the council didn't really take it seriously enough, didn't act very quickly. And eventually, I think Yoda and um, Sifo Diaz, Dooku and another Padawan, went to investigate, found out the vision was true. I think they managed to save like a couple of people or a few. They just about got out without dying. And then... Obviously, Dooku was very disillusioned by that. So very early on, he was already looking at dark side artifacts. And then later on, you know, a good friend of his had a force vision and the Jedi Council didn't take it very seriously. And adding on to that was Dooku was disgusted by um, the Republic because they didn't actually seem concerned by the inhabitants of this planet Proto-Branch at all. They didn't really care. They only cared about the resources on Proto-Branch being destroyed by this solar storm. So... Early on, you can see Dooku is starting to get those seeds of mistrust, both for the Republic and also for the Jedi Order. Then, a few years later, Dooku attended his mother's funeral back on Sereno, and he clashed with his dad quite a lot. I think his dad was going to like get some droids to shoot on some protesters and things, and I think Dooku intervened, and in doing that, kind of revealed himself to exist essentially because a lot of people didn't know about Dooku or most people didn't know about Dooku because at such a young age he was clearly force sensitive and his dad got rid of him that his dad never really spoke about him or anything like that and I'm pretty certain that that was around the time where his sister because Dooku has two siblings a brother and a sister around that time that the sister kind of 
took contact details <laughs> in a really unfun way, basically took his contact details so she could contact him at some point in the future. Shortly after he attended Sereno for the funeral of his mother, he then went with Sifo Diaz on a sort of mission, and it seems that they got captured. And when they got captured, they were used in a dark side ritual. And when in this dark side ritual, and Dooku obviously got flooded with the dark side power, he experienced visions of his future. And he actually used force lightning for the first time, and he actually killed his captors. So that was the first time that Dooku really tapped into the dark side. And this was a two, around 82 BBY. So this was around three years after the whole solar storm, proto-branch sort of thing happened. And by this time, Dooku was around 20. And then, you know, time passes, Dooku becomes a Jedi Knight, and then becomes a Jedi Master, and he actually trains up another Jedi called Rail Avaros. And shortly after training this Jedi, Rail Avaros, he creates his signature curved blade. So the blade that you see Dooku in, in basically all Star Wars content, that is, in my opinion, one of the coolest lightsabers around, he actually, that wasn't his first one. He created one first, and then he adapted it and changed it. And what it seems to be is the curved lightsaber was inspired by Darth Krull's lightsaber, the one in that Bogan collection. And it was still blue, he was still, a, in air quotes, a good guy, he still had a blue lightsaber, it was just just curved and, and quite badass looking. And I just want to clarify that Rail Avaros is only really mentioned in Dooku Jedi Lost as well as the book Master and Apprentice. He is a very integral character in Master and Apprentice. And I will say that Rail Avaros is actually one of my favourite new characters. He's a very, very interesting Jedi. He's definitely not a conformist. He definitely doesn't follow the order in quite a lot of ways. And I'm in my book review that I'm going to do in, uh, I think, two weeks' time, I'm going to do the book review on Master and Apprentice. I'm going to speak a bit more about Rail Avaros because he's such an interesting Jedi and such an interesting person. And the way he interacts with Qui-Gon is quite cool as well. But he was Dooku's apprentice before Qui-Gon was. And at some point, Avaros actually introduced Dooku to Palpatine as well. Then after that, in 68... BBY. So at this point, Dooku was around 34 years old, it seems. He then took on the apprentice, Qui-Gon Jinn. And at this point, Qui-Gon was around 12 years old. Then after a few months of that, Qui-Gon met Rayo Avaros during a mission of some sort. Master and Apprentice goes into detail about this sort of thing quite a bit, so I'll delve into that at another point. And then, uh, you know, eventually Qui-Gon became a Jedi Master, and he did maintain some contact with Dooku while he was, and he spoke highly of Obi-Wan. One of the first pieces of dialogue Dooku says in canon is in Attack of the Clones, when he has Obi-Wan in Geonosis in those, uh, it's kind of like ray shield handcuffy things um i should have probably looked up what they're called oh well um, but yeah he's got obi-wan captured and he says oh qui-gon spoke very highly of you as a student so that is confirmed in other content as well that yeah qui-gon had some amount of contact with dooku then when dooku was around 61 years old so this was at 41 bby just for clarity phantom menace is 32 years bby so this is about now nine years before phantom menace uh, dooku returned home to sereno he overthrew his brother he became count of sereno and he got a mass fortune the family of sereno is one of the richest families in the entire star wars universe which is a lot to think about and he basically went there. I think his brother basically was suffering from some of the same sort of delusions that his dad was. So his sister called Dooku and said, you need to basically come sort him out, please. And obviously as Dooku kind of did that, he then also informed Yoda that he's going to resign from the Jedi Order. And then he became part of the Lost Twenty at that point. 
And just for clarity, The Lost 20 was actually first mentioned in a deleted scene in episode 2, which I haven't seen, actually. Um, it was in a deleted scene in episode 2, and I'm not sure if that's actually fully canon. Deleted scene is always a bit of a weird one. But then it got completely fully canonized in the absolutely everything you needed to know about Star Wars. Uh, the Lost 20 got its name and things. And that deleted scene is actually called The Lost 20, which is quite cool. And I'm really hoping that in the High Republic, as well as in other Star Wars content, we get to delve into The Lost 20. A little side thing here is as a fan of Star Wars what I would love it'd be so cool is imagine like a Mandalorian style series but every episode focuses on a different member of the Lost 20 and that would be really really cool understandably they wouldn't really be able to do one about Dooku but being able to do about the other ones would be so cool because it'd be really interesting to see how certain people have kind of disagreed with the council if some just went off and lived simple lives if some of them went off and became you know we know at least one of them went to the dark side or at least two I suppose including Dooku so I just think that'd be a really cool show so if anyone's listening who <laughs> anyone at Lucasfilm or Disney's listening go do that you know don't even have to credit me just go do it it's a really cool idea uh, anyway back to this so after Dooku, I want, now I want to clarify, from this point, the timeline gets a little bit iffy. The date, There's not specific dates on all these things. So these kind of things are just generally before the Phantom Menace, okay? So obviously I said about uh, Dooku left the Order and he became the Count of Sereno. Uh, and then also him and Palpatine were basically planting the seeds of the Clone Wars, it seems to be, before Qui-Gon had died. From what I can tell, it was, it was near that time, but around the time of Phantom Menace, obviously we already know that Sidious was planning things because he was the one who orchestrated uh, trying to get the Trade Federation to then do the blockade on Naboo, and that's how obviously Phantom Menace basically starts. So when Sidious was already doing that, it seems that Dooku was actually helping him. And just for clarity, Dooku's Sith name, his pseudonym Sith name, is Darth Tyrannis, which is obviously what, when Jango Fett is questioned in Attack of the Clones, who he was confronted by to be the template for the clone army he said oh someone called tyrannis so yeah duke and Palpatine planting seeds of the clone wars as i said seemingly before qui-gon's death but it might have been a bit afterwards but i'm pretty certain it was just uh essentially before that and then i think it's very shortly after qui-gon died i think Dooku goes to Kamino with Sifo Diaz to basically sort out and create this clone army. You know, Sifo Diaz at this point is still on, I think he's either on the council or he's just a master. He disagrees with the council a lot. He seems to be kind of renegade and, and he has this force vision of, you know, this horrible future coming true. And he says, look, the Republic need an army, otherwise we're going to get destroyed, essentially. Uh, the Jedi Council don't listen to him, so Sifo Diaz goes to Kamino with Dooku. They sort out the clone army and things and get sort of the wheels in motion. And then once Sifo Diaz's name is attached to it, Dooku gets him killed. So he basically organizes the Pike Syndicate to shoot down Sifo Diaz's ship, and that is addressed in one of the episodes of The Clone Wars. Uh, the Pike Syndicate are just a crime gang like a really big crime gang one of the major ones um so duke obviously does that and then after sifo diaz is dead he then takes over as a sort of kind of shadow like kind of puppeteering the whole thing and obviously at some point shortly after that he also contacts uh jango fett and you know when he contacts jango fett that's when he gets his his dna and agrees to you know give him like 20 million credits and an unaltered clone who is obviously boba fett and then he ends up you know, Jango Fett goes to Kamino, relatively speaking, lives there for the majority of the time, and the clone army gets made. Right, so up to this point, 
It always seems like I'm verbally waterboarding people, but then I realise I'm the only person talking in the podcast. So hopefully you guys kind of got the gist of that. That isn't the full Dooku story, but that is where it is basically a lot of background information of what happened to him, why he left the council and lots of other things there. As I said, I'd really, really recommend reading Master and Apprentice because it is an, it's an amazing book. It's by Claudia Gray. It focuses on Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon. It has flashbacks with Dooku. It's a really interesting story. It's a lot of fun. Uh, and watching a young Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon in interact was really cool because uh, yeah obi-wan i think is 17 in the book so it, it's good that's set yeah eight years before phantom menace really recommend that book and obviously i recommend dooku jedi lost i haven't read the dark disciple as of yet so i can't comment on that i just know general pieces about the story but i'll get into that in a little bit so we're now going to focus on the comic that I've got here. As I said, it is a one-shot. It is set before episode two at some point, and by stuff that's in the comic, which I'll get to, it is clearly after episode one. So let's get started. So I'm just going to read the sort of, I would say title crawl, but it's not in the style of a title crawl. It's just a little paragraph at the start of the book, which isn't quite as fun, but that's still, <laughs> don't need a whole page for a title crawl. Uh, so this comic starts, it says, Count Dooku was one of the wisest and most revered Jedi in the galaxy. But during his long years of service, he became disgusted by the rampant corruption poisoning the Republic and disillusioned with the archaic and dogmatic views of the Jedi. Finally, Dooku left the Order to follow a new path in hope of saving the galaxy from itself, the path of Darth Sidious and the hated enemies of the Jedi and the evil Sith. So obviously he initially went off. He's not necessarily a horribly bad person, Count Dooku. He's not evil and sadistic like Sidious is. He more so has... He wants... He's got means to an end, and he thinks anything he does to kind of achieve the end goal is worth it, essentially, even if a lot of that stuff is very shady and ends up killing a lot of people and things. But yeah, that's generally Dooku's character. So the comic starts on Salust. Now, Salust is actually, it's in the Clone Wars for one or two episodes. It is, I actually spoke about it in when I did the Princess Leia set of comics, the miniseries. In Princess Leia 3, she goes there to rescue some Alderanians who have been, well, after Alderaan blows up because it's set after A New Hope, she goes there, saves some Alderanians, and meets Nyan Nunb. Uh, Nyan Nunb will be remembered mainly because he's actually in Star Wars Battlefront in a couple of those games, and he's also in Return of the Jedi when Lando uh, is flying the Millennium Falcon to blow up the second Death Star. Uh, it's that weird monkey looking guy with really big eyes and sort of like a wet mouth. Uh, my girlfriend Megan really doesn't like him because he's got a really 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 wet mouth and it just looks really peculiar. I love Nine Nub, I think he's great, but yeah, that's what a Celestian looks like. That's what the planet Solust is. And also just to clarify as well, in Battlefront 2, the canon new ones on the PS4 and stuff, one of the maps is I believe it's called like Abandoned Imperial Site. That's on Sullust. And actually one of the story campaign missions you do with Lando and Shriv is on Sullust in that same location. So that's a general idea of what Sullust features, essentially. So Duca goes to Sullust and he meets a Sullustian representative called Cap Clip. And he has a tour of the city. He's fairly unimpressed. And he's kind of, there's an inner monologue going on throughout this time of Dooku kind of thinking to himself and saying, you know, oh, I'm here for Sidious. This is all kind of just a front. So he's got this business meeting going on with this guy. It's going to be to do with Sereno, his, you know, because he's now count of it. And it's a very, very wealthy family business. But obviously, it requires a lot of work to keep the gears turning and things. And also, it's a very good cover for him. So he's going around having a tour and things. And then a Jedi called Jackson recognizes Dooku. Uh, Jackson doesn't really appear to be in any other canon content to my knowledge 
but I can say that he's basically like a tiger person. The species I found is Togorian, uh, which obviously links to tiger, and he just looks like a tiger person. Now, a little while ago, I, I think it was the... I can't remember what comic it was, but what, only a little while ago, a couple of comics ago, it might have been the Han Solo one, there was actually a white tiger person, and I couldn't find anything online confirming what species he was, but now looking at it, I think he's a Togorian. Anyway, there's this tiger person, Togorian, called Jackson, who recognises Dooku. And Jackson says he remembers being a youngling and watching Dooku and Yoda dueling and saying it was incredible and that he was an inspiration of dueling because Dooku's always been one of the greatest lightsaber duelists there is. I mean, that's very apparent because he can hold his own against Yoda in episode two and he fights Obi-Wan and Anakin at the same time and beats them (laughs) in Attack of the Clones quite easily. So... Yeah, and the only reason really he loses to Anakin in on the Invisible Hand in Episode 3 is because Anakin starts to use the dark side to kind of power him and stuff. So, anyway, Dooku invites Jackson over to dinner because he's going to dinner with this Celestian representative, Cap Clip, and then Dooku retires to basically said, I'm going to go chill before dinner and things, and he speaks to Sidious. And Sidious says, look, because th- Dooku says to him, oh, we could recruit him to our cause, and Sidious says well, with the Sith, there's only ever a master and an apprentice, so unless you're saying he's going to replace you... I wouldn't. And so he says, you know, just make sure that the Jedi doesn't learn about any of the alliances he's trying to build or any of the things he's trying to get up to here. So then at dinner, uh, Jack Zinn says about some rumours about Dooku. And one of the most common rumour that people believe about Dooku is that he's forming a new order of Force users. Uh, Dooku says that that's quite funny and obviously it's a bit ridiculous. He's just doing his family business and things, which is what he would have done if his father had never put him in the woods and got him to go to the Jedi Order. And, yeah, he just says he's looking after the family business and things. Uh, Jackson, he asks Jackson what he's up to, and he says, oh, it's a private council matter, he can't go into it. And that's fine. The dinner ends, and they kind of go their own ways and things. But a bit later on, Dooku finds Jackson looking, you know, kind of pondering and things. And he asks if he wants to go for a walk with him. So they're kind of walking and talking and things. And one of the things that Dooku says is that he senses that Jackson was troubled. And I'm just going to read the exchange that they have. So, starting with Jackson, I'm sorry, I'll admit, my mission here has me a bit distracted. And Dooku says, pardon me for asking, but is this mission of yours particularly dangerous? And Jackson says, I mean, they did send a Jedi for a reason, Count. Why do you ask? You'll forgive an old man and his sentiment. You said earlier that you knew my apprentice, Master Qui-Gon Jinn. Of course, he was a great Jedi. And he was a great friend. When I heard the news of his death, I couldn't help but wonder... Had I remained with the Order, would he have still died? You can't blame yourself. Perhaps. Even the company of his Padawan wasn't enough to save him. But maybe his master would have been able to. And I can't help notice that whatever your mission, you face it alone. Forgive an old man for thinking that perhaps this time he can make a difference. And Jackson says, well, you were a Jedi Master once. So then it cuts to, they kind of... Uh, tracking this criminal group it's called the Kaldana Syndicate which is actually also who Dooku is looking for because that's who Darth Sidious told him to go and find uh, Jackson says that this Sorosub Corp which is who this representative Celestian that's who he was representing this uh, corporation so he says that Sorosub Corp deny that this gang the Kaldana Syndicate are even a problem and then Dooku says well that's fine well I'll, I'll help and Jackson's a bit sort of taken aback. He's like, no, you don't need to. And Dooku says, look, even if I wasn't concerned for your safety in this matter, I'm still putting a sizable investment into this place and into the corporation. I can't say that I want my investment to be wasted, can I? 
So they go and they get close to the hideout and they start sort of scoping the area and scouting out and things and uh, they manage to sort of sneak in. They get towards basically the entrance and Jackson knocks and the little shutter opens up next to him with a sort of gun barrel there and it shoots and as that happens Dooku manages to force push Jackson out of the way saving his life. And Dooku's like see I told you I should have come. And in his mind his monologue says not time to die yet Jedi. Then they go open the next door by cutting it open with the lightsaber and that classic circular motion as we all love. And uh, he deflects two bolts basically immediately and then they get sort of surrounded. There's loads of these gang members and things. And it turns out that the gang is actually dealing in weapons and there's just crates of weapons everywhere. So Dooku and Jackson then go back to back while they're surrounded by all these guards and things and Dooku ignites his lightsaber which is red. And they're deflecting the blaster bolts, but Jackson definitely notices the red lightsaber, but he can't really comment on that at the point because he's busy deflecting blaster bolts and trying to, you know, stay alive and things. Then once all of the enemies, well, all of the uh, syndicate are basically downed and things, uh, Jackson says to Dooku, where'd you get your red lightsaber? And Dooku said, well, he made it, obviously. And as he answers the question, he uses the force to lift up a gun, one of the ones in the crates and things, up behind Jackson. While, while Dooku is facing Jackson, this gun is behind Jackson and shoots, and shoots him straight through the chest. It's a pretty big blast, like a big old hole through the whole, through the whole of his chest, and Jackson collapses smoldering and dead quite quickly there seems to be one of the gang members that's kind of left who isn't killed he's just a bit injured and Dooku says to him that he's now an agent of his new master and he's holding up with the force it looks like over 15 of these blasters you know one of them just shot through the chest of the uh, Jedi Jackson and made a big old hole in his chest and so he lifts up over 15 of them with the force and it's it's a really really cool uh, panel actually just Dooku with his arms lifted in the air and just guns all behind him and he says do you see what I mean like you are now working for your new master do you understand and the the guy's like yes i understand and then the, the comic basically ends with dooku agreeing to do business with salust and uh, the surasub corp for many years going forward and he confirms that he managed to sort of cover everything up and i just wanted to read the little inner monologue towards the end of this comic too so as Dooku is basically speaking to the uh, celestian and getting on his and then getting on a ship and leaving he thinks to himself it might not seem like much a gang of weapons dealers here, a group of pirates there, but as unrest and chaos spread across an already corrupt republic, it will be much easier for the Sith to grasp power. Soon, the galaxy will be what we make of it. Which is really cool to end it, and it's just, regardless of anyone's opinions on the prequels, I personally really like them, um, I don't think they're the best trilogy, but they are a lot of fun, one thing that is undeniable in the prequels and Clone Wars is that Sidious's plan spanning even before phantom menace and things so his plan you know it comes to fruition in revenge of the sith which is 19 years before the battle of yavin and obviously three years before that is attack of the clones and then 10 years before that is phantom menace so you've already got minimum 13 years but darth plagueis in legends that it goes into detail about a lot more of, of sidious's plan but obviously this podcast is focusing on the canon and what we kind of know for sure in the canon and so it's just like Sidious's plan was probably five ten maybe even 20 years before the events of Phantom Menace so you're thinking that Sidious has been planning all this for you know potentially three decades to get up to the point of Order 66 and that is 
insane. Sidious, regardless of how much you like him as a character or an actor or anything, is not only one of the most powerful Sith in Star Wars history, but he's also one of the most ingenious. The fact that he managed to do this, and all these little threads that he's pulling on and tactfully doing, it, it's just incredible. And reading a comic like that, it just kind of adds to that. And it adds to the badassery of Dooku, because I, I just think Dooku is, is, a, is a really, really cool character. Uh, and his sort of journey, especially you know, with the audio drama and Master and Apprentice and things, it is really cool. Um, there are some moments in Master and Apprentice that are really amazing, and I am going to read some of them in two weeks' time when I do the book review, but I do want to clarify as well with that book review, it's not going to be the same as this episode. I'm not going to go through the book and read the entire storyline of the book, because a 400-page book, trying to cram that into half an hour, is very, very difficult. So I'll explain more of that another time. So the last few things here I'm going to say about Dooku just before we go. This is, obviously this comic is set just before Attack of the Clones. So there's not really that much that Dooku does that isn't already easily documented. You know, as I said, if you want to find out really what Dooku got up to from this point, then it's time to go on to the Clone Wars series. You can skip most of series one, as I've said in other podcasts before, but, you know, go into series two strong and there's a lot of really, really cool Dooku moments. So I'm just going to briefly say that now this is where Dark Disciple, minor spoilers for Dark Disciple going ahead. So if you, this is the last couple of things I'm going to say. So if you really want to read Dark Disciple, you can stop here and you won't really miss much. But obviously Yoda trains Dooku and while in the Jedi Order, Dooku trains Rail Avaros and then trains Qui-Gon. Dooku then leaves the Order and becomes the apprentice of Sidious. Then he trains Grievous with lightsaber training, obviously because Grievous can't use the Force, so it's just like lightsaber dueling and things. He then trains Asajj Ventress as a sort of Sith assassin, so not quite the equivalent of a Sith apprentice, but a sort of, you know, an assassin. So she can obviously use the dark side of the Force and things, and her being a Dathomirian knight sister obviously helps that. Uh, and she's a really badass character if people aren't aware. Then he trains up Savage Opress, uh, which is a character in the Clone Wars. I won't go into detail of who that is, because if anyone is watching the Clone Wars at the moment, it's a mild spoiler. So he's just a really cool Dathomirian as well. And then shortly after that, in Dark Disciple the book, he actually trains Quinlan Voss in the dark side of the Force. Um, so I know the storyline of Dark Disciple. I'm not going to ruin it or anything, but know that Quinlan Voss he learns some of the dark side of the force he becomes dooku's apprentice in some ways before the events of episode three so that's quite a little interesting thing as well there i mean apart from that little bit and obviously him dying on uh, the ship called the invisible hand above coruscant that is pretty much everything about dooku in sort of bite-sized chunks as it were so really hope you guys appreciated that i had a lot of fun looking into dooku it was a lot more difficult than my normal star wars things because you know normally i just read the comic make some notes and then certain characters i kind of look more into delve into anyone's i recognize or look cool i'll get more information on and there's kind of little tidbits um, but learning all that information about dooku if I ever go to a pub quiz and it's about Star Wars and Dooku comes up, I mean, I'll smash it, hopefully. But yeah, as I said, I keep saying it, but, you know, I really recommend Master and Apprentice and things. For the coming podcasts and things, next week is going to be volume four of the main run of Star Wars comics. That is Last Flight of the Harbinger or Harbinger. I'm going to have to figure out how to pronounce that. Otherwise, I'm going to seem like a right pleb next week. Uh, so continuing on my monthly trend of Star Wars comics and things like that. Then the week after that, so episode number 28, I am going to be doing my book review for Master and Apprentice. All I'm going to do basically is say what I thought about it. I'm going to do some bullet points. I'm going to talk about the vague storyline. I'm not going to do any spoilers. Uh, I'm going to talk about some of the flashbacks with Dooku and Qui-Gon because they're really cool moments. And I'm going to talk about some of the characters in it. 
primarily I'm going to speak about the character Rael Avaros because he is a really really interesting Jedi he's like a really cool case study for Jedi so I really like that and I'll talk about the planet PGR and things like that a little bit but that's that'll probably be a shorter episode I haven't fully figured it out yet but that's what's going to happen in episode 28 episode 29 is going to be the final volume of the Darth Vader comics that is volume 4 and it's called End of Games that'll be the end of the first run of Vader comics However, it doesn't quite finish there uh, because the Dr. Aphra comic series starts off where the Darth Vader ones stop. So when the Darth Vader comics finish, I'll pick up the Dr. Aphra comics and then I'm pretty certain that the Dr. Aphra comics run relatively parallel to the Star Wars comics right until the end of both of their runs, which will be a really fun episode, but I won't be doing that for months and months yet. So that's kind of what's due for the future. And episode 30, because it's how far I've planned, episode 30 is going to be introducing Aphra. Essentially, I'm going to have my friend tony farina on the show uh, he does indie comic spotlight so if you're listening to the show which i you pretty much can only listen on the comics in motion feed so on the comics in motion feed obviously this episode star wars comics and canon comes out weekly and indie comic spotlight comes out weekly as well tony farina speaks about indie comics essentially just anything that isn't made by marvel or dc he tackles as i've been on one of his shows i spoke about a comic series called the second coming which is about the second coming of jesus and it is amazing and it's such a cool comic and it was a lot of fun i'm gonna go on there again to talk about some other ones as well and tony farina has been on my podcast genuine chit chat two or three times before when i do the episode 30 with tony i'll make sure in the show notes i include all the details for that if anyone wants to check those out because tony is one of my favorite people and episode 30 we're going to talk about afro because tony has not read any of the afro comics but he's been reading the darth vader comics as i've been doing this podcast so he's going to talk to me some of his favorite things about afro i'm going to talk about my favorite things he's going to talk about some of his predictions for the afro series i'm going to give a bit of information about that too so episode 30 is going to be more of a conversational podcast rather than myself just kind of verbally waterboarding yourselves with the mic and things uh, but it's still going to be a lot of fun and we haven't fully decided if we're going to read volume one of the Dr. Afro comics and then talk about it or not so we need to figure that out closer to the time but that's the general timeline that's what's going to be going on with the comics in the future and also what I'm probably going to do is tackle one Age of Republic comic each month so each month you'll have uh, the main run of Star Wars comics, then probably the Age of Republic comics, then the Darth Vader, which will soon become the Afra run of comics, and then the fourth will be random things. You know, I've still got the Lando Double or Nothing comic, which is basically Donald Glover's Lando from Solo. It's basically a Solo prequel miniseries. That's a really cool comic. I've got the adaptation of the first Thrawn book, as in of the first trilogy of Thrawn books. It's just called Thrawn. They did a comic adaptation of that, six issues. So I'll be tackling that as well. Uh, and then there's, you know, a few other sort of comics I have not yet tackled on this podcast, which I will be delving into. But yeah, basically it's just going to be going forward. A lot of the main of Star Wars comics and Age of Republic. For the Age of Republic comics, I'm going to generally try and do sort of character things like I have done this week with Count Dooku. However, certain characters, there's not going to be as much information and other characters, it's kind of going to be a waste to do. You know, with Anakin Skywalker, there's no point me necessarily doing a huge thing all about Anakin because the majority of Anakin content is the films and the TV series. And I'm trying to get 
information about characters which either have gaps in people's knowledge like Dooku did this week or other characters a bit more minor so there's going to be certain Age of Republic Age of Rebellion and Age of Resistance episodes I'm going to be doing which are probably going to have two comics within it as well and I'm going to tackle all these other things and just for clarity I'm probably going to chronologically just do all the Age of Republic stuff then the Age of Rebellion and then the Age of Resistance and I'm going to be reading them alongside because I've read all the Age of Republic ones but I haven't read any of the Age of Rebellion or Resistance ones so they're going to be fun to do as well anyway that is enough of me rambling on guys thank you so much for listening as always i really really appreciate it make sure you check out all the other shows on comics and motion check out my other show genuine chit chat where i have a different guest on each episode i recently did my 100th episode so that was a lot of fun too and as always guys you know thank you so much and may the force be with you The intro for Star Wars Comics and Canon is arranged by myself, Mike Burton, and the backing music was made by Eric Matias of soundimage.org. You have just experienced host, creator, everything else of genuine chit-chat, and also the host and creator of Star Wars Comics and Canon, found on the Comics in Motion podcast, Mike Burton.